When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm really excited to bring with you Rick Shade, who is an avocado farmer in California. We're going to be talking about everything you need to know to buy California avocados, to better enjoy avocados, which I know everybody loves. Let me tell you a little bit about Rick. Rick Shade's family has been farming in California for six generations and growing avocados for three Nowadays, Rick's wife and one of his sons are involved in his avocado farms, making it four generations of California avocado growers. Growing California avocados sustainably is important to the Shade family, who maintains conservation buffer zones in groves to help protect local biodiversity, plants, animals, and insects. They are part of an irrigated lands management group and use a variety of water conservation methods from computer-controlled irrigation and soil moisture sensing instruments to high-density planting and drip irrigation. Rick has been very involved with California avocado growers, serving multiple terms as chair of the California Avocado Commission Board of Directors. But first and foremost, he is an avocado farmer. Rick likes to say that being a farmer combines many professions into one package. And the more he can look at the dirt beneath his fingernails, the more he takes pride in an honest day's work. Welcome to the show, Rick. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So can you tell me a little bit about how your family decided to start growing avocados in California? Well, you know, that goes back to my grandfather's day. And I'm not quite sure how he got into it, other than the fact that he was in a location uh, in the San Gabriel Valley where he could grow avocados. His initial contact with avocados was not positive, so I'm surprised that he uh, went into it. The, the story there is that he and his cousin lived down the street, were both um, inquiring young minds, junior high school age, but knew they were going to be farmers. 
and they'd heard about this new fruit, the, the, the avocado or the alligator pear. Uh, so they jumped on the trolley and went to downtown L.A. to the Grand Central Market. And this would have been about 1914, 1915. And they paid a dollar for a piece of fruit, which in those days was a tidy sum of money. Well, they didn't know about avocados. They didn't know that they needed to be ripened. So they took this rock-hard cannonball out to the front steps of the market, pulled out their pocket knives, cut it open, tried it, and declared it the most terrible piece of fruit they'd ever had. So, um, but it was about, well, I'll say in the early 1930s is when he started planting some commercial plantings to, for, for actually sell, selling the fruit. What was your family farming prior to avocados? So, uh, you know, the, the because the family goes back so far, it's been a little bit of everything. But, you know, for at least four generations, we were growing citrus, walnuts. Uh, back in the 1860s, we had a winery uh, near uh, Whittier where they actually shipped the, the wine to New York to blend with the fine New York wines. Uh, which is, is, you know, which is now there's been a huge turn of events because California wines very much stand on their own without, without going to New York. That's really interesting. I feel like I need to get you together with my dad and you guys can talk all California agricultural history. Um, and that's part of why I have you on here because I love learning about the foods that people have eaten and grown in California generation after generation. I think when you know your roots, you can better create a diet and lifestyle that's more supportive for you. And we all know when we eat local food, when we eat fresh food um, that didn't have to travel so far, it tastes so much better. Well, absolutely. The, the avocado off the trees, you know, outside my back door, the oranges, the lemons, uh, the, the vegetables out of my garden are always uh, just superior. Absolutely. So for people that are listening and, and don't really understand that there's California avocados, there's Mexico avocados, there's avocados grown all over the world now. Where do avocados originally come from? Can you share a little bit of information about that? So the, the, the roots, uh, pardon the pun, but the roots of avocados uh, go way back. And the best that researchers have been able to figure out, there are three subspecies of avocados. There's the Mexican, the Guatemalan, and the West Indian. And each one has their own specific traits. The Mexican tends to be a very smooth uh, skin, very tasty fruit. The Guatemalan tends to be a bumpy skin fruit. The fruit from the West Indies, because it's grown on tropical islands, is a very large, very large piece of fruit that's usually very watery because it's grown in a tropical climate, grows so fast, the oil content doesn't have a chance to come up. The Hass avocado that we're all familiar with in the market, the bumpy skin, is actually a hybrid between a Guatemalan and a Mexican that uh, combined essentially the best traits of the two. So interesting. So I'd love to talk about the varieties that you guys have on your farm to help educate people a little bit more when they see them at the at the farmer's market or the grocery store, and then also to learn why you chose some of those. So I know you have Haas avocado and lamb Haas avocados on your farm. What's the difference? Well, the, the lamb is a uh, much later season fruit, so it's really uh, a summertime fruit. It's just uh, more, uh, it, once it's, it's mature and, and ripe, you really can't tell much of a difference in the taste. But it's because of the, for workflow and harvest schedules, we had something else to put in the market that was going to have a little, little longer lifespan to it. 
Does an avocado, is, the, is there an avocado harvest twice a year, three times a year? How often? Here's, here's where avocado farmers are unique. The fruit matures on the tree, builds up the oil content, so it gets to be a, a, that creamy, tasty flavor we all love. But they don't ripen until they're harvested. So instead of having to put them in a cooler, we can leave them on the tree, uh, weather permitting. Some of my brethren in San Diego County with their California avocados, they, they get more heat units. Their fruit uh, has to be harvested earlier. I'm, I'm very spoiled, very fortunate to farm in coastal California outside of Santa Barbara. So we have a very beautiful, very moderate climate. Uh, and I actually, it's now March of 23. I still have avocado. We save one tree for our personal use. It doesn't go to market. And we have a tree that still has fruit from the 2022 crop hanging on it. Now, that fruit, you have to let it soften a little bit and eat it because it is so high in oil content that it will go rancid if if you don't eat it right away. That is so interesting. Wow. It, it, now the seeds are sprouting out the bottom of the fruit. Wow. That's fascinating. So Zutano, Zutano is the avocado that my family farmed down in San Diego. What made you guys choose the Zutano? Uh, we, we, well, we don't grow Zutano as a commercial variety for market, but it is an opposite flower type from the Hass, which is our commercial variety. So it pollinates, it's a help in pollinating. So the flowers open, but avocados are, once again, they're unique. The flower is hermaphroditic, meaning it opens as a male at one time and opens as a female at another time, which is unique in the flower world. Uh, so if you have a, a tree on the opposite track, you have a better chance of the pollen sources meeting and doing what they need to do. So you brought up a question that I had was, I had always heard that you need to have a male avocado tree and a female avocado tree. Is that a myth? That is a myth. Absolutely. Uh, it, it helps to have other trees around just because the flowers are off cycle and they, they, so you get that pollination effect, but the, the needing two trees is, is not true. You know, some of the other California crops, almonds, kiwis need a male and a female, but the, the avocado does not. Got it. So if someone was to plant an avocado tree in their backyard, they're going to have a better experience and get more fruit. If one of their neighbors also has an avocado tree be benefit, they're going to yes. work together. Beneficial. Got it. I love that. All right. What about the gem avocado? So the gem is a new variety, relatively newcomer on the scene, and actually was uh, discovered, bred, marketed by a former college classmate of mine. And it's not called gem because it's such a gem of a piece of fruit. His name is Gray E. Martin. So he took his initials to make the name for it. So there's a little bit of avocado trivia for you today. But the, the gem is a has a different growth habit. So it grows very in a very compact, very short uh, stature. So we don't, I have a tree in my yard at home that's 10 years old and it's only eight feet tall. So you don't need ladders. Uh, it grows the fruit to the interior of the tree. So you don't worry about so much about sunburn or uh, getting blown off the tree in a windstorm, that sort of thing. Um, it's a very flavorful, flavorful fruit and genetically, it's just a larger piece of fruit, much like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is just genetically a larger human being than a, than a horse jockey. Uh, you know, still human, but just different different genes. 
I love that because one of the things I love when I travel to Hawaii is going to the farmer's markets and buying the avocados there because they're huge Mm -hmm. and they're beautiful and there's so much that you can do with them. Why does that happen sometimes in different places? Well, well, once again, uh, it it is, I think it's climate related. So Hawaii is a more tropical climate, although, you know, I know they have the extremes of climate in Hawaii. You can, you can be on the beach in the morning and go to the top of the mountain and see snow, but the, it is that more tropical effect, more heat, more water, uh, the, the avocados are just happy. And once again, the, the, I believe that's the, um, I want to say Sharwell that they grow in Hawaii. And it once again, it's just uh, genetically a little bigger piece of fruit. Got it. You are just a wealth of information. This is like the dream come true <laughs> to like dive deep into the avocado. So thank you for sharing all this with us. My pleasure. I believe the next one you have on your farm is the Fuerte. The Fuerte is uh, best described as an heirloom variety. The Fuerte is the parent of the California avocado industry. It goes back well over 100 years. And it, the, the, the little sidebar about that is Fuerte is, means strong in Spanish. And the Fuerte tree, there were many of them planted out around Yorba Linda, Placentia, Brea, Orange County. And there was a freeze that came through and wiped out a lot of the citrus and many of the avocados, except the Fuerte. It, it is more resistant to cold weather, and that's how it got the name Fuerte. And it was the foundation variety of the California avocado industry from the, from the 20s until the mid-1950s when the Hass uh, started to surpass it. The, the Fuerte is, I have, a, I have a huge tree that probably covers a quarter acre in my backyard. It's giant. It's it's probably close to 100 years old, and the the fruit is a very thin skin, very creamy. It's excellent this time of year, but it just to put it in a box and ship it partway across the country. It's got such a thin skin. It it's not a good sight when it arrives. So if someone's listening to this and they hear Fuerte heirloom variety, it's strong. It's going to make it through all different types of weather. I want to plant this in my yard. How does someone go and find? a Fuerte avocado tree. So my best suggestion is to develop a relationship with a good retail nursery nearby. They can go to the the wholesale nurseries to grow it. Not a lot of people grow Fuerte anymore. As I said, it's an heirloom variety. It's not a market variety, Uh, but it is grown. You can find it. Um, But in that, you know, in touching on that, people also need to realize avocados are picky about where they live. Um, which is why Southern California is so such an ideal climate. The unfortunate thing for the avocado business is that avocados like to be where people like to be. They like that moderate climate. They don't like it much you know, over about 100 degrees, and they don't tolerate freezing. So that may, it's a pretty narrow swath of the country where you can, you can have those, uh, that nice climate. You know, on social media, there's a big trend now of people taking their avocado seed and sprouting it and thinking they can grow an avocado tree from it. Is that realistic? Absolutely. So, but here's the rub. You can grow a tree, a beautiful tree, but getting a tree that will produce a quality piece of fruit is a horse of a completely different color. Uh, because just as, as humans and cattle and chickens, the, the child, the, the fruit, the seed that you planted is the child of two parents that have contributed both sets of of traits and genes to that seed. So they don't bear true to parent. They will have perhaps the best, perhaps the worst traits of the parents. 
And in the University of California, a researcher that does breeding for California avocados is considered fortunate if he comes up with one market variety over his career. Wow. Uh, I've been involved in the research programs at the University of California, Riverside, uh, where they'll, they plant 100,000 seeds a year in searching for the next best avocado. And there is no gene splicing. There is no transgenic work. There's none of that kind of work. It's all what Mother Nature provides by the bees spreading the pollen and, and taking that seed. Well, that's great to hear. And I think a, a big relief for people thinking that there's something going on with their avocados and labs to create new varieties, that it's really what's happening naturally with pollination. It's, it's all natural selection. We, you know, it, 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 trying to be efficient, we wish there were ways we could speed up the process, make the process more efficient. Uh, and as each new generation comes into the business, why can't we get this? Why can't, why, why can't we beat this problem? Well, because it's still a, a very slow process. If we were growing radishes, we could probably beat these problems because you can grow seven crops of radishes in a year. But yeah. avocados, you know, it's, it's, you know, probably five years from the time you plant a seed so you know what it's going to what it's going to produce. Yeah, I think I heard that once you purchase your avocado tree, they could be small, little babies, but it's going to take four years for them to create fruit. Is that correct? That's very correct. We In business, if we're getting a loan from a bank to put avocados in the ground, they want to start seeing a payment on principal after five years because they figure that's about the time the trees will start producing enough to market to not only pay their way in a year five, but to have some left over to pay. It's Got it. And if, if someone's listening to this and they're, they're romanticizing in their head the beautiful rolling hills of California with the perfectly lined up avocado trees and their little ranch house, and they're like, this is how I want to live. This is the next step in my life. What do you think they need to know about the cycle of producing their fruit and when it's going to come to harvest? Well, you, you only get one payday a year. <laughs> That's really good. So, so keep your online tech job because there's only one payday a year. Yeah. And, and you know, really um, with land values in California, uh, it's, it's difficult. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to whitewash that. That it's it's land is so expensive that just getting into the business is is not cheap. And there are many multi generational farmers like myself, uh, simply because they've inherited the property. And that is part of my business is I care for property for people who have inherited or people who have purchased but have no clue about how to take care of it. But they want that rural lifestyle. So we care for the property for them. You know, I have banks, I have institutions. We, we have a whole thing amongst my client list. Um, there's just not a lot of us farmers around anymore. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. 
I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 magic herbs and spices on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. Well, I believe there's one more avocado on your farm we haven't touched on, and that's the bacon avocado. So once again, uh, it's a thin skin avocado, pretty much ready for market around Thanksgiving and through the through the winter. Also resistant to cold, but not very popular in the marketplace. Once again, it's a kind of a watery variety. It, it flowers in the spring. And the fruit is ready by the fall, so it doesn't have the time on tree to build up the oil content. The Hass avocado, that's the number one market California market variety, uh, is on the tree for about 18 months before it's harvested, so almost twice the stretch of time. But and that's the other thing: if anybody's romanticizing getting in the avocado business, you're caring for that fruit for more than one year before you can think about picking it. In fact, they often will have two crops on the tree now. The trees are starting to bloom for the crop that will be harvested in 2024, yet we haven't harvested the crop from 2023. So we're, we're really farming two crops at one time. Is there any other fruit, nut, produce on the market that takes that long to grow? Oh, I don't think so. I, I know there are, there are nut crops that take longer to begin production, yeah. but they're, they're not on the tree for as long. So I'm... No, I, I, I think we're kind of unique there. Yeah, that's so interesting. So as the, cons as the consumer, what do I need to know about avocado so I can make better purchases at the grocery store or at the farmer's market? What should I be looking for? Well, uh, first and foremost, as a California farmer, I would say, please look for California grown. That is, and that's a, that's a close, the, the avocados are closest to home if you're buying from California. Uh, and I, 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 I hammer on this all the time. If you can plan ahead and buy the avocados while they're hard in the marketplace and then ripen them at home. If you buy the, the, the pre-ripened fruit or the early ripened fruit at the store, who knows how many people have, have touched, fondled, pushed, poked, prodded, dropped that fruit. As it gets soft, it's more vulnerable to, to bruising and scarring. So if you can buy that fruit while it's hard and is, is more self-protected, you'll be much happier. But if you need it for tomorrow and the grocery store has that pre-ripened fruit on hand, then sure, do it. But I, you know, I, I'll, I'll bring in probably 20 pounds of avocados a week. My wife gives away about 18 pounds of it, but uh, <laughs> we, we always have fruit in the cycle. That's good to know. I was always been curious when I was in culinary school, they taught us that certain fruits that come in from other countries that aren't organic get sprayed. So they ripen faster or they get sprayed or irradiated in order to protect the United States from bugs coming in. Does that ever happen to avocados that are being transported in from out of the country? I don't know of anybody that has laid the money down to irradiate fruit. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I read the trade magazines. I know the technology is is potentially there, 
but it is hugely expensive and probably beyond the budget of most uh, most farmers. Uh, sprayed, very likely. Uh, there are some pests offshore that are uh, would be devastating to not just the avocado industry, but all California agriculture. Uh, fruit flies, the Mediterranean fruit fly, the Oriental fruit fly, a number of those um, would just be devastating to to not just to to us as farmers, but as to the consumer because the the fly lays its eggs under the skin of the fruit, and as those eggs hatch, they become maggots and eat the fruit inside. Nobody wants that experience of cutting open a piece of fruit. I, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's uh, you know my grandfather was you know he was uh, he farmed really at the height of the chemical era of agriculture, mm -hmm. and. Uh, but even he didn't spray. He didn't spray his sweet corn in the garden. So you just cut the end off. You don't have to eat the worm. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, there are there are critters offshore that that nobody wants here. So tell me a little bit about the sustainable practices that you've added on your farm to keep to keep your crops going. Everyone's uh, really interested in the word sustainability right now. So I want to hear what your version is and how you apply it on your farm. Uh, well, it's, you know, every property is different, uh, our, but we know that if we, we cannot stay in business, if we don't manage our soil and our trees well, uh, and avocados are, are a once in a generation, maybe once every generation and a half crop. So we will, I'm planting trees now that my son will deal with, you know, another 30 years that I probably won't be around to deal with. Uh, so you know, sustainability means we, we treat the soil, we'll, we'll, when the soil is bare before we plant, we'll put cover crops on it to, to help add organic matter, to add uh, nitrogen and other nutrients because the, the, uh, the nitrogen fixing cover crops will actually pull nitrogen out of the air and add that to soil. It's kind of a pre-plant uh, fertilizer mix. Uh, the trees, uh, you know, there's not a lot of sustainability in the trees themselves other than the fact that as we prune, as we remove trees, all that is mulched and returned to the soil. Uh, in fact, we have a, a, a process now where we actually mulch the trees where there's a possibility of some soil disease. Instead of using chemicals, we mulch to create a, a better root zone for the trees to grow in. So we're not using fungicides on the trees, uh, that sort of thing. If we can minimize our inputs that come from off the farm, I think we're doing a better job. What is the minimum number of trees you think somebody should have on their avocado farm? Is there a minimum if they're trying to produce fruit to sell at a farmer's market or to a grocery store? Oh, it depends on how good of a farmer you are, really. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a the definition of a commercial grower is somebody who produces more than 10,000 pounds of avocados a year. Wow. Uh, so... If you're a good farmer, you can do that on an acre or less. I, I used to consult for a couple that had a, a like a third to a half of an acre behind their home up in Montecito, you know, down the street from where Oprah Winfrey is. And they would consistently get more than 10,000 pounds off of that partial acre, uh, you know, but, but they baby those trees. They, literally, they were out talking to them every day. Uh, they really, really put their all into those trees. And, and that is, I think that, that shows. So if, you know, a, a family can kind of overwhelm itself with one tree, if they take care of it, uh, 
but there are some folks, you know, in some areas that are marginal that an acre might not get them enough to keep the family happy. Wow. So if you have an acre of land where you're growing avocados, how many people is it going to take to take care of those trees and harvest those trees? Well, you know, one person can do that all themselves. I, I grew up in La Habra Heights, just down the street, actually, from the Mother Hass avocado tree. And that was in a time when, when the, the La Habra Heights was breaking up and being subdivided. So there were a lot of one-acre ranchettes. And there were a number of properties where the, the homeowner took care of everything, did the irrigation, uh, did all the work. But the picking would usually be a crew come in and just harvest the, tr the trees in, in kind of one or two passes, get it done. Uh, harvesting is a labor-intensive deal, although you know, I had some neighbors had a bunch of kids in the house and they, they the kids did, did the picking. So, uh, you know, one man, you know, one man can pick an acre. One person can pick an acre. Not a problem. Uh, just patience. Just a good day's work or two. You, 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 you know, you put in a full day when you're done picking. I'm absolutely sure, especially if you're having to get up and down those ladders. And I don't think most people realize a lot of that fruit is hard to reach. Well, and every California avocado is is clipped from the tree by hand. So there was an ad campaign a few years ago, hand grown in California, and literally that was what we were trying to convey: is that when we plant the trees, we are digging the hole by hand and planting the tree, you know, by lifting and setting in the hole and cutting the wrap off. When we prune, we're pruning it by hand. When we when we now I can't say we water by hand, but you know we check the sprinklers and work the sprinklers by hand. And every avocado is clipped from the tree by hand. So there, there's, there's still a lot of hand labor involved in avocados. That's amazing. So how do you and your family like to enjoy avocados? What are well, some of the ways that you, you prepare them at home? We, we are, um, we're all individuals. So we each have our own taste. So I won't go to speak for my son and my wife. But uh, for many, many years... I would carry a salt shaker in my pickup and find a ripe avocado under the tree, slice it, and that would be my lunch if I couldn't get home for a sandwich. Uh, recently, the doctors have really you know, beat me on the head to get away from the salt shaker. Fortunately, lemons and limes grow very well with avocados, so I'll find a lemon or lime and squeeze that on my avocado instead of salt, which is great. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very... Um, Easy to please and, and don't like a lot of frills. So the, that plain avocado is great. Or mash up an avocado with a bunch of uh, um, uh, pico de gallo salsa and like that. Although perish my saying it with my gray hair. But uh, because of my, my diet I'm on now, I'll actually have avocado toast for breakfast. Hey, so, you can't deny how good it is. You really no, can't. It, it is, it is good. Did you find, I'm curious about kind of the history of avocados in people's diets. Um, my dad shared with me when he was in the avocado industry in the eighties, it was hard for him to sell avocados because everyone was paranoid about fat and it was all about fat free lifestyle. Now people understand that, you know, real whole foods, no matter the fruit or vegetable is great for you and health supportive. And now everyone's eating avocado toast and it's, it's popular. It's delicious. You can find it worldwide. Um, what has it been like for you as a farmer to see all these trends and how people eat? It, well, frankly, it's been wonderful. 
to, to see the change in mindset. Uh, and like your father, I was in college in the early late seventies, early eighties, and that was very much the battle we were fighting. In fact, the California avocado industry enrolled Angie Dickinson, who was kind of the, the hot model of the day, mm -hmm. to you know say avocados are great for everybody because we knew inherently that avocados were good. Uh, so over the years, the California Avocado Commission has actually undertaken, and then followed by the Haas Avocado Board have done a number of studies uh, at highly renowned universities, medical uh, centers, uh, medical colleges about the benefits of avocado. And they have found that uh, unlike my brethren that grow, uh, raise chickens for eggs, the avocado really is the more perfect food. It has fiber, it has vitamin K, it has a number of, of minor elements, uh, amino acids. It's, it really is a, a great food. And, and that had being, but being able to actually document that and put that on paper and prove to people has made a huge difference. Good. I'm just glad people are enjoying them and, you know, have stopped judging real whole food that comes from a tree. Yes. So where do you turn to kind of keep learning and growing as a farmer or how, or where do you go and look to, um, to just find new things that interest you about sustainability and agriculture? Oh, I probably uh, get 10 magazines a month that deal with agriculture in general and several that are focused on sustainable um, practices and what is, you know, what's upcoming. Avocados are a very small subset of agriculture. We're 50,000 acres in the state of California with about 3,000 growers. So we're, we're not, we're not a driver of, of any of the agricultural research by any means. Uh, but just, you know, there are times I can read an article on carrots, for instance, and read about something they're, they're doing in carrots and go, oh, well, wait a minute. What if I took that idea and did it like this in my avocados? And I, I am, you know, I've got old gray hair, but I, I don't mind trying things. I don't mind experimenting with something. I've had some spectacular failures. And I've had some spectacular successes. So uh, you got to keep trying. And I, you know, I read trade magazines. I go to uh, educational meetings. The California Avocado Commission puts on grower seminars throughout the year. So the packing companies, the Pack California Avocados, put on seminars for growers because you know, they want the growers to be successful so they can succeed. So they're doing everything they can to help us along. And that I will, you know, I'm like a sponge on that. I, I will take all that in and, and, you know, and I'll look over the neighbor's fence and see what the hell he's doing. <laughs> I love that. If somebody wanted to check out some of those trade magazines, can you share a few of the names? Oh, there's California Ag Consultant. There's California Fruit Grower. Uh, the California Avocado Commission publishes one quarterly called The Grove that has um, some of those pretty weighty scientific articles. You know, you, you almost have to be a scientist to truly grasp what they're saying. Uh, but, but those are the, the, uh, the places I'd look first. And you can go online to the California avocado industry in the 60s, 70s and 80s was, was uh, there were a lot of engineers that grew avocados as a sideline. Really? So they brought kind of that engineering mindset to the industry and try to add science and, and, but put a lot of things online. A lot of more computer geeks too, pardon my friends, but they, they, Get things online 
it's a lot easier to get online than it is to, to get in the pickup and go down to the library and find things. So interesting. So where can the listeners learn more about you, your farming technique, um, your work as a consultant? Where can they find you and get in touch with you? So there are a couple avenues. There is a profile about me on the California Avocado Commission website. In fact, I've got an appointment to update my picture in a couple of weeks because it's the, the picture is several years old. Uh, I was much better looking and much skinnier in those days. So, you know, I wish they weren't getting rid of it, but they are. Uh, the, uh, then there is also a um, very shallow website for our business, Shade Farm Management, Inc., uh, we're online there, so you can find that. My son, when he's not overworked, posts to Instagram quite a bit and uh, that sort of thing. So we, we, uh, we're we out there. It's just having an online presence on top of doing what we do every day is, is difficult. At the end of the day, I just want to come home, put my feet up, and relax. Absolutely. Well-deserved. Um, is there anything else you would like the listener to know about avocados or California avocados today? Well, you know, California avocados are your local choice. Uh, and I, as far as I'm concerned, they're the best choice. But, you know, they're, they're no pride whatsoever what I'm saying about that. Uh, you know, but every grower cares deeply about what they're doing and what they're bringing to market. Can you leave our listeners with just maybe one healthy tip they can consider adding into their life? Avocados. <laughs> I love it. And how many avocados do you think you eat a day? Once again, my doctor's been yelling at me, so they're, they've just asked me to cut my caloric intake uh, overall. So it's probably an avocado a day. That's a good life. I like yeah. it. You're a lucky man. I, I have no complaints whatsoever. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. This was a real wonderful education. I loved learning. And uh, as I said, I can talk about them all day long. Thank you so much, Rick. Take care. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my High Vibration Foods organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.